Thanks for tuning in. You're listening to Just Riding Along on Mountain Bike Radio. Hello and welcome to the 32nd episode of Just Riding Along in the wonderful year of 2019. Is this our last 2019 episode? Probably not. Okay. Never make any promises. But that makes sense. Tonight's show is brought to you by Snool on the Road. Um, we got lots of it. Yeah, it came to Andrea's attention via her brain holes. That <laughs> that we, we ha- hadn't made fun of Ben in a long time. Yeah, so fuck you, Ben. <laughs> uh, nobody's safe. Uh, no, in all real or in all reality, Ben, bring your ass. You should come join a show one day. Sure. Um, can I do donations? Is that cool? May you? May I? Would Let's anyone be offended if that's what we moved into next? All right, so super fan Jake said, I got a new trainer. I need a new One Less Armadillo sticker for it. Jake, I think I can fucking make that happen. We sent over 10 bucks. And then also Mark from El Segundo, California says, you go get you some and sent over 50 bucks. Some what? He sent us 50 bucks. That's up for us to fucking decide. And then Gino says, love the show. You should quit the poop factory and go work at Callahan Auto Parts. I'm only assuming that Gino runs a Callahan Auto Parts franchise in Ohio, (laughs) and he wants us to work for him because he thinks we're cool. All right. And then Willie Stroker. uh, (laughs) Oh, God. I just got that when I said it out loud. Uh, he says, he sent over five bucks, I think, just so you could hear me say Willie Stroker. Um, and not realize that it was a fake name until you actually said it and, I, and someone else laughed. Uh, you know what? This is a played out meme. I'm not even going to read this one online. Oh, It's too political. You know what? Fine. What hurts more, saddle sores or the realization that Epstein didn't kill himself? Oh, <laughs> uh, that's, I think those memes are kind of funny when they only if they catch you off guard. Like if you know it's going to be there, it's it's not good. But. None of them have ever made me laugh. Not even once. I have that does not make my funny bone tingle. So it it makes me be like, ha, like I get a good ha out of them. Like you breathe out through your nose swiftly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Well, what's been going on with you guys? I'm trying to keep things moving here because Andrew is trying to go ski after this show. and Well, yeah, let's crank through it then. Uh, honestly, nothing exciting with me. It's been cold, rainy, shitty here. I've been riding the trainer. Did we discuss uh, Wahoo and getting into work on one buys? I think we did that last show. I cannot Wahoo remember. hacks, for sure. Okay, good. So we discussed that. That's all great. Um, yeah, I actually just got done riding the trainer. Everything is good there, so that little hack works. So if you're curious, there is ways to make your very limited range bike work on uh, Wahoo slash Zwift. What else is new with me? Bike-wise, that's about it. I'm just going to interrupt then, and we're going to dive into a question. All right, let's do it. Oh, and I I do want to add that uh, Superfan Jake, you know, we complained that the Wahoo trainer, the 12 mil, or yeah, the 12 mil adapter falls out of the trainer. And Jake got a, I think, Kinetic Smart Trainer. And same problem. Like, the the little adapter in just falls out. I'm assuming that there's a sensor in there that keeps them from putting a magnet in there that's really strong. 
if I just had to guess because or why not just do a little baby o-ring like everyone else on the planet does for hubs yeah I don't know like a lot of triathletes use these things so that might be too complicated I don't think that that we should I don't think that as mountain bikers we should make fun of a genre of cycling that has obviously a lot of money number one and number two if I learned anything while I was in Texas mountain bike paint jobs suck compared to road bike and tri- or tri bike paint jobs oh yeah dog quit throwing your ball at the floor those tri bike paint jobs are sick and they it- are they do some creative stuff I was just you know well, those paint jobs got to hold up to uh, all that pee and everything. Just lighthearted fun, you know. I just had to whack the dog to get him to lay down. So Jonathan, from his iPhone, has a question slash statement about trainers. If the dog keeps bouncing the ball, he just has to go in his box. There's, I cannot think while that happens. You guys think I'm a dickhead. I'm sure everyone out there is like, God, Matt's a dickhead. No. Literally, the ball bounces off the floor and makes everything wiggle a little bit, and like my brain just vaporizes where it is in reality. I feel like such an idiot for it, just okay. like not realizing that Willie Stroker is a fake name until I say it out loud. <laughs> is that Willie like? Is that like a euphemism for penis, or is it Willie like Will he? Oh, I'm definitely sure that it is like penis Stroker. Now that you say it, okay. Because I was thinking it was the second. Like, ladder. will he stroke her? No, nah, I was um, thinking well, the first one. Like, will he stroke her? No, no, definitely Willie Stroker. Like, like masturbation. Like you're a Willie Stroker. Like you're a wanker. Man, that's a that's a pretty deep one. Like that's yeah. wild. That's I, what that could, I didn't realize <laughs> until you said it. I didn't realize there was a third version of that, and there's probably a fourth and a fifth. That's impressive. Well done, sir. All right. On with the okay, question. so John has a statement and a question. One thing that has helped me while riding in erg mode is to put my rear mech in the most difficult cog and not shift. So fifty three eleven, right before each interval on the trainer, I spin up from ninety to roughly one ten, and then bring it back down to what's normal for me for one of the interval for when the interval sets in. If the interval is sub thirty seconds, I usually have to keep it closer to the hundred and ten RPM mark in order to hit my numbers. Seems to work for me. Just like Kenny, I keep my shit cross bike on the trainer, which is a one-by setup. It has a 4211 rear as max gear. I rode it on the trainer once, and it sucks. I'd much rather ride the road gear range as well. So what Kenny's saying is you could make everything much harder so you could do hard power at not 110. And it's actually not that hard as long as you go through everything that Kenny said in the last show that I can't remember. Yep. So right. as, a, as a very high-level recap, but you can listen to the other show. It basically go into the Wahoo app. So forget Zwift. There's nothing in Zwift that does anything to do that. Zwift just gives whatever final drive it's given. That's like what it uses. So anyway, go into Wahoo in the app, and then you go to your sensors, and now you change your wheel size, and it's in meters. It's really goofy. Change it to something ridiculous just to make sure it's working, like four meters. That's actually what I still have mine set at. Works great. Set it to four meters. So that'd be a rollout of like 4,000 millimeters, which is like a 36er or some shit. But anyway... Do that. It's twice as big as a 700 by 23. Ah. But, uh, so anyway. A 700 by 23 is 2096 in millimeters. That's correct. So anyway, do that. And then the important thing is in that same app, do a spin down. Um, and I don't know if doing spin downs and other things messes it up, so I just wouldn't do it. Um, so don't do any more spin downs in Zwift. Only do your spin downs 
from the Wahoo app, but once you set the wheel size, do your spin down in the Wahoo app, and then it should work. That's it. Boom. All right, so he does have a question. I'm thinking about getting a new mountain bike for short, short track racing. Oh, wait. Yeah, short track mountain bike racing. There we go. And possibly one or two endurance races. I sold my Top Fuel 9.9 that had a Stan's podium wheels. And I'm thinking my next bike purchase. I've been eyeing the Super Cal 9.8 from Trek as it has a sensible price and Fox Fork. Would I feel any difference from the Top Fuel 9.9 going to the Super Cal 9.8? Uh, it has 40 millimeters less travel in the rear, so you're going to notice that. Yeah. Sorry, I couldn't couldn't help being a dick there. Uh, would it be too much of a downgrade, or would it still perform well enough to show my ability? I think for short track, it's probably fine. Would I immediately want to upgrade the bike once I get it? Uh, the wheels aren't that nice, so probably. I know on the road bike, I've been switching to aluminum race bikes like in a Trek Amanda ALR because I crash occasionally. I'd much rather be able to replace if I destroy a bike. That being said, I still want to perform well and not suck. Thanks for the show, John. Uh, I'll throw in my two cents. Those Kobe wheels aren't that light, so I don't know if I'd be that jazzed about running them. Also, not really a fan of that free hub and that's really all i can throw in the ring about that otherwise the bike is probably pretty pretty awesome yeah i mean i think performance wise you know what matt said makes sense but i think for short track like you said it's going to be great and there are probably some cross-country courses that it will be really really good for also you know if you start getting into the longer endurance stuff sometimes those can be a mixed bag it just depends on the race but you know, I think if you're saying I want a short track bike, I think that's going to, unless there's something just wildly technical and rocky and rock gardeny and bumpy about your short track races, that's probably um, a good choice. I'm going to check one other quick thing. Yeah, I've yet to ride one of those. I'd kind of like to ride one. Unfortunately, I'm very, the stuff out here is just, you need a bigger bike. However, I would love to ride one. I mean, fast, snappy XC bikes are super fun. I really wanted to try one for Tour Divide, but I I asked and got no response, so I'm assuming that they just looked at my race resume and laughed at me. Um, looking at the bike, I would probably want to... I would change the cassette. I would change... Is it like a GX? Or? It's a GX cassette. It has a GX shifter. If you change the shifter, the cassette... And honestly, if it were my bike, I wouldn't ride the brakes. But personally, I just don't ride Shimano brakes. I don't like them. I'm never going to. I don't like the new clamp style and how you have to like put some like when you clamp your shifter with the brake. If you're not using a Shimano like iSpec style shifter, you have to like stick it in between the two parts of the brake. Like there's the clamp that goes around the bar, and then the brace that goes where what used to be. A clamp for the brake. Um, and I can say pretty. Th- there's some 8100 series stuff, so 8100 and 8120, which is two piston and four piston respectively. They share the same lever, and those levers definitely like to bend, and they really don't like being bent back though. So I wouldn't be that jazzed about one of those, honestly. Like that's my biggest holdup with them is those levers aren't very crashable from what I've seen. Yeah, my Shimano, my Shinu mono brakes are freaking great. I love them. <clears throat> yeah. 
but that but that's what you're gonna get you're gonna get varying opinions yeah i mean yours is opinion ours are fact Jesus <laughs> i mean but hold on hold on i was gonna be i'm, serious I'm right you guys are just mistaken but that's cool yeah yeah it, just remember this is a 5900 dollars gx bike so yeah i mean it's got the new fancy like fleshlight shock on it so it's gonna cost more all right. So that frame set is $3,700, by the way. I just want yeah, to point that out. Expensive. It's real expensive. But All it's right. cool. Well, I just wanted to cover that question because it talks about trainer stuff. While Kenny was talking about trainer stuff, do you guys want to talk about what you or Andrew talk about what you've been doing and then we talk about more stuff? Um, I rode the trainer and I... I, you know, I haven't done really anything that exciting. I had a really good training day on Friday. And then Saturday, I tried to go and cross-country ski where I always go on Old Monarch Pass. And I got to the top, which crosses the Continental Divide. And it was so windy and snowy that I couldn't, my, I was wearing regular, just like Oakley, nice Oakley sunglasses. And they fogged up really bad on the inside. But then the outside of them got like water and ice on them. And I just... I'd wipe them off and put them on and it would immediately happen again. And then I couldn't take them off because the snow was blowing sideways into my eyes and I can't really ski and close my eyes at the same time. And it just, uh, I just had to go back to my car and not do that four hours of skiing. My eyes hurt. My eyes hurt. <laughs> um, all righty. Well, I rode the trainer some, but... Oh, yeah, and I was going to say my dog bite's healing up well. No infection. Uh, as far as I know, I did not turn into a werewolf during the full moon. But, you know, you tend to not remember that kind of stuff, so... And I wasn't here. I was out of town. Yeah, so, I mean, I might have, like, gotten out of bed and gone on a rampage, and I just don't know about it. Rampage! Uh, well, uh, this week I was out of town... So I worked at the bike shop. Today is Sunday. So I worked at the bike shop on Monday. And then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, I worked at Revel. And then Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I worked at the bike shop again. And I'll work at the bike shop tomorrow. And then I'll if be... If we can get out of our driveway in the morning. Yeah, if we can get out of the driveway tomorrow, I'll go to the bike shop. But if I can't, I won't. So, uh, But yeah, I've been... Uh, oh, I did my first... Like, so I drove, so I did like a half day on Tuesday, full day on Wednesday, and then a half day on Thursday. So it's like, you know, two half days and a full day at Revel. And first and foremost, I can tell you that it's still bike stuff. Um, I was working on bikes still, just a little differently. Uh, but it's pretty cool. I met my van. I went out and petted it. I looked inside <laughs> of it. It's real people-y in there, isn't it? I decided that I'm going to really love that van. And, uh, yeah. Make it your own? I'm going to make it my own for sure. Uh, maybe you some get some, You get some shag carpet in there? Uh, you know what I was thinking about getting? You know those seat covers that are like beads so your back can breathe? Oh, yeah. I'm going to get one of those for sure. But I'm not getting one for the passenger seat, just for the driver's seat. Damn. So like, if you're a passenger, you're just getting all swassy. But me, I'll be riding in style. But what if I go on a tour with you? Then I'll get a second one then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
But yeah, I was out of town during the full moon, so I am not liable nor responsible nor have any information about Andrea's uh, werewolf status. Werewolf status. I thought about it. Uh, you actually you saw the dog the other day when we drove by, didn't you? I did. Yeah, I'm just kind of like freaking out right now because I'm started looking stuff up for the next question, and I'm. It's really funny to me, but anyways. All right. Um, yeah, so I did see the saw the dog. The dog's pretty big, um, but I didn't come home. And there wasn't like feces on the walls or anything. So, like, <laughs> I don't think werewolves are known for throwing feces, though. Nah, but you might have gotten all excited and just like <laughs> shit on the wall. Dogs do that sometimes, and I think if it was your first time being a dog or like a wolf, you might just be like a little too heckin' stoked, and, like poop on the wall a little bit. I don't know, like. <laughs> Just oop, oops. <laughs> Andrea's doing that thing where she's laughing, and I think I could make her laugh until she cried right now if I just really tried. Just stop. Go on to the next question. Well, I wasn't done talking about my week. Oh, okay. Um, and that pretty much wraps it up. So now I'm done talking about my week. Uh, so question is from Dennis. Hi, Andrea, Matt, and Kenny. Hi, Dennis. What are your thoughts on the Archer wireless shifter? You mentioned on your show that West Virginia is worthless. How about this? And there is a maple syrup thing. And it says, I was looking for a brown starfish chew toy for Marley and Taco, but found this. And it is uh, pure milk chocolate edible anuses. Oh, my gosh. It is a... I can't believe this is the first time someone sent this to us. It's on a website called DudeIWantThat.com. I don't want that. And... I mean, I would eat it if someone gave it They have a section called OMG with three exclamation points. (laughs) And they have... Is that just a rattlesnake head? I don't know. Uh, oh, it's, it's a, a keychain, key rattlesnake, rattlesnake head keychain. Um, uh, it just looks like it's a bunch of weird things that you can buy from Amazon under their "Oh my God" section. I don't know how that guy even. I'm really curious. I'm really curious how that dude found this. Now, what would it be? Where did they find it under there? Oh man. <laughs> Like now, I just like want to know. Uh, Black scorpion, edible forest scorpion, edible Asian scorpions, pumpkin pie soda, magic milk flavored straws. Uh, convince kids to drink their milk without any additives, other than a fun drinking salt. Pumpkin spice Dashwish coffee, spam pumpkin spice. That is not spam. a thing. There's uh, no way that pumpkin spice spam is a thing. Blue cheese lollipops. Uh-huh. No. No. I don't really... Mustard ice cream. I don't believe this. This is not real. You can't ship ice cream in the mail. Uh. So, yeah, it looks like this place just has wild stuff, and the dude sent us chocolate buttholes. Um, but to maybe get back to the question parts, Archer Components is, for those of you that don't know... That's that cartoon, right? No, that's what the Rampage reference was. This is something different. Um, This is an electronic shifter that's wireless that you can then, you attach the shifter and then beep boop, no wires. 
you bolt a thing around you. I'm sorry, it straps on your chainstay. So you literally just strap this thing to your chainstay, and then a little short piece of housing comes out of the thing and goes into your derailleur, and then when you push the button on your bar, the box moves something that moves the cable that shifts your cassette. So, I mean, I'm sure it's in there, like a way to adjust the indexing so that... 0.25 millimeter increments fine-tuned for every shift or something. Oh, so you electronically adjust your indexing, not... Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it works well enough for some people to ride it. That's about all I can say. Um, I'm going to full details. It weighs 235 grams. Like the full... Both boxes? Yeah, that seems like a lot to me. Cause I mean, it's still- neat. I'm glad, I'm glad it's on the market. I'm glad someone went through the huge amount of trouble to make it, but... Mm, it's it's one of these deals where I don't know it's it's a solution to a problem that I don't think exists. I I, I just don't understand. Also, I want to point out that <laughs> now that we're being nitpicky and assholes, there is uh, they don't have a they don't have a little cable end on that cable and that bothers me although it looks like it's it looks like it's soldered so that might even be even more super pro but anyway just a random little thing oh on this like blue bike but the cable tab is like nine feet long yeah i think they just used a a cable on a extra large bike no because the cable only goes from here it's got to be super short though super shorty cable Oh, I've seen those cables. Oh, I before. wonder if they uh, if that's what they did because you can get that. I've seen them on bikes that are packed. Yeah. Maybe yeah, that, this company has also made my sought-after mini cable welder. Yeah, maybe they. I mean, they might sell that with the kit. You might get like the little piece of cable that's soldered like that. Um. Yeah. But to answer the question, interesting, no, I have not touched one. I would like to mess with it to see, like see how awesome it really is. Hopefully it's like super crisp and awesome. Even if it is super crisp and awesome and like the ergonomics of the shifter are awesome, I I just don't, I don't understand. Yeah. I mean, okay. that's the nice thing that I like about wireless shifting. It's so the, the, aesthetics of it just not having a cable there not having real like one extra piece of housing that's what i would consider aesthetically pleasing but what i have noticed is an advantage and this is goes with shimano and sram both um you have a motor that moves your derailleur and so it is very very consistent and not affected as much by elements as cable actuated stuff yeah, yeah, for sure. And the other neat thing about all of the wireless systems that are on the market, well, there's not very many of them. How about this? All the electronic systems on the market, you can do really cool, fancy things like mix and match derailers and shifters, road bike mountain to do things that you normally cannot do. And I like that a lot. Yeah, yeah. I think I said you have a motor moving your shifter. I'm in a motor moving your derailleur. 
Yeah, the one thing that I don't know is that weight of a hundred and it was like two hundred and something. Or two hundred and thirty five grams. I don't know I believe that. I think that's the weight of the shifting unit. And I think they're calling the shifter a wash because a a doodad only weighs Because it is a shifter and you take one shifter off and put a new another shifter on. Yeah, because a shifter, a GX shifter weighs 140 grams, and they say this weighs 235, and that's a big unit with a <laughs> big unit. Well, it's got a it's got a motor and a battery in the damn thing. Plus, there's a battery in the shifter. Like that's a uh, lot of shit. Here, I'm gonna Google this real quick. 14 or do you know how much a 14500 lithium ion battery weighs? No, I've you know, Kenny. Now. There's some things that you might know, <laughs> and you, uh, Kenny, you could do. That. Oh yeah, those are 36 grams. I, I could see, I could see where you would where you. Would uh, think I mean, that. it says it has 60 grams worth of batteries in it. So, I mean, I feel like that's like, you know, if we look at the weight of a shifter and then the weight of those two batteries, like you're telling me, the rest of that stuff weighs 35 grams. So yeah, 235 grams has to be the rear unit. And this is where I'm going to be nitpicky about it. It's on the chainstay. It's behind the rider contact point, so it's bad weight. I don't believe in making the bike heavy behind the bottom bracket. I don't care. Like the power meter or something like the hub-based power meters. So power tab hub, Onyx hub, GX cassettes, um... I mean, GX, we already went through. Isn't it like a GX cassette the same weight as an 1146 XT cassette in 11 speed, not 12 speed? Um, I think we've figured out that both no, of those. No, a, a GX cassette is lighter than an XT 1146 cassette. Okay. But. Like a GX cassette's not. When we say, like, with that last question about replacing the cassette, like, if you want a super light bike. A GX cassette functions fine, and it is the heaviest XD driver body cassette, but it's not really that heavy. But the XO and the XX1 cassettes are really light. Knocks 100 grams off the back half of the bike, which is awesome. Yeah. Like, for my Tour Divide training, I'm straight up GX cassette. When I change everything out to get ready to race, it's going to be an XO cassette. Just to save the weight. They're just expensive. Sure, but, you know, again, to continue on my tirade, um, <laughs> like, I just don't think that it's... I think you're going to put it on your bike, and you're going to be like, oh, I wish I could love this, but my bike feels weird now. I, And maybe you won't. I might be wrong. I've been wrong six times before. This might be the seventh. Um, <laughs> but... And one of those times was earlier when Kenny told me I was wrong. Yeah. Um, so... I just don't think it's going to be good, though. Like, you know, I've been nitpicked and told that you can't feel the weight of an Onyx hub, and I could feel the weight of a PowerTap hub, and, you know. Yeah, the weight of a PowerTap hub, like, I had one for a little while, I had a mountain one, and it it bugged me. I noticed it. I mean, I, I don't think I performed any worse, but I just noticed it. I'm Googling not so quietly. They've probably made them lighter than the the one that I had before. I mean, they're still going to be oddly heavy for a rear hub, but I think they're probably a lot better than they used to be. 
Yeah, it looks like it got lighter. And it looks like it is 100 grams lighter than an Onyx. Oh. <laughs> uh, oh, that's something. Yeah. Um, Kenny, what do you think? Any last thoughts on Archer? I mean, I'd like to try one. I think it's neat that it exists. I'm trying to be positive, you know, because I know the amount of work it would take to bring a product like that to market. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, cool, cool on them for doing that. Uh, yeah, I just, yeah, I just wish, I wish there was that at least one kind of weird fringe use case that just makes a lot of sense for it. I just, I just can't really think of one. Maybe if you had a tandem. You know, I think what would have been really cool is if six months ago. Yeah, I mean, a tandem. Tandem's not the not the worst idea because then you got a long ass cable that's going to perform like shit. Every tandem you ever shifted, or is a terrible. like a breakaway bike, like a coupled bike. I mean, yes. Or if yeah. if they had made there you something so a couple that ones. you could use on your road bike, so you could have ran like a GX derailleur with a road drop bar. You know, that would have been cool. But they really were just making like a cool mountain bike product. I think part of it is some, some I'm different woohoo there. But um, you know, all right, uh, enough beating the bush or beating that to death. Um, <laughs> do we want to talk about a fork or a bike packing trip next? And those will be our last two questions. It doesn't matter. Okay, so Mister Prince says, uh, "Wait, did we answer this one? No, we couldn't have." Uh, hey guys, love the show. I trust that life is treating you well. This shit processing plant that doubles as a blimp factory. My questions are for the fast track lover, aka Kenny, that apparently likes a fast tire that grips for a shit on off camber kitty litter. <laughs> uh, I am six foot tall, 160 pounds, middle aged endurance XC dork that is taking a break from Leadville to do some exterior triathlons, the Leadville stage race, and Breck Epic, as well as some 40 and 50 mile XC races. My first question, do ground controls have better side control like an icon, but roll nearly as good as the fast track and would work, would they work well at Breck Epic? Um, to be honest, we are, I don't have a lot of experience on the ground controls. I probably need to just suck it up and like, just try some so I can be more educated on it. In general, if you just kind of run your hand across both those tires, the ground control just doesn't have very sharp lugs anywhere in any way. They're very... Wait, wait is this like reading it like a tea leaf? Like you're just like <laughs> feeling it? Like do you have your eyes closed? Like what pressure do you feel it yeah. at? Yeah. No, I usually do it in like, I'll do it by myself, dark room. In um, the box? Yeah, yeah. And then I rub it against my face. <laughs> and you can really tell a lot about a tire that way. Do you take your glasses off or do you just knock your glasses off with the box? No, I, I let the tire knock my glasses off, kind of, you know. <laughs> let destiny take its way. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, departing <laughs> from that weirdness, uh, the ground control just isn't as sharp as the fast track. Yes, it's got bigger lugs. But if you were in a loamier situation, I'd say the ground control is probably the better choice and still rolls pretty quick. But... If you're really trying to kind of, if you're trying to dig down uh, onto a more packed bottom surface, I would say still I would vote fast track. And Breck Epic has it does have some loamy situations. 
Um, it also does have some loose over hard kitty litter type stuff. Um, you know, there I, are plenty, there's plenty of people that ride ground controls that really like them. I just haven't personally ridden them because I haven't, I honestly haven't felt much of a need to until I outride my current tires. I just don't really see the point. So this is the thing about Breck Epic. I think your fast track is going to be great for a rear tire. Um, Breck Epic is, for anyone that doesn't know, it's six a six-day-long stage race. Each one of the stages is, it's a tough day. Uh, you know, they're all big rides. It's like doing six just really big um, backcountry mountain rides, you know, in six days. And, you know, by the third and fourth day, fifth day, like, you're getting, you're tired. And sure, a knobbier tire on the front of your bike is a little extra weight to carry, but it's going to save your ass when you're just kind of spaced out and you're just kind of overcook a corner or something like that. Like a, a lightweight cross country tire, like a fast track, even though the fast track does grip really well for what it, it is, it's still not a, you know, it's, it's something you, you got to always be on your toes to ride a, a front tire like that. You can't get sloppy. You can't get tired and kind of like space out. You know, it's worth, I mean, I think you should try ground control and definitely do the Kenny test where you rub it on your face in the dark, you know, just to get to know it. But I, I have think... A, I'm going to interject here with some typing. Yeah. I I would go with, I wouldn't run a fast track as a front tire in Brick Epic just because of the tiredness factor that you get into at the end of the week. And I guess I could ask Kenny this. Did the ground control get gripped on? Yeah, ground control's been gripped on um for a while. Okay. So yeah, good. it's all the new you can't get you cannot buy non gripped on foldable tires from specialized, I don't think, anymore, for at least the past probably two years. So yeah, it's been upgraded and it is way, it's way better than it used to be. All their tires are way better than they used to be. I mean, just to the fact for getting tread patterns for a second, the fact that the compound change is absolutely completely night and day. Like you're talking plasticky tires to actual like rubber grippy tires. Man, that's really compelling. That two, six ground control, two, three ground control is eight ten. The two, six is only eight ninety. What about in the control casing? I'd say for a front tire at oh, Breck Epic. Oh, these are grid, yeah. Yeah, sorry. like for Breck Epic, I think you could definitely get away with the... Yeah, there are a couple of places where you're going to get into some shit. One of them is going to be coming down from Georgia Pass um, in the... Georgia? Yeah, like there are a couple of descents there. Um, coming off of Wheeler, like the Miner's Creek Trail has some gnarly shit. But, you know, I think if you're a reasonably careful rider... Um, just a lightweight kind of knobby tire like a control casing is going to be a good front tire for that race. Oh, my God. Yeah, their tire selection is kind of hard to navigate. Kenny, what is a trail tire from them? Is that a wide trail? Uh, It gets confusing because they messed with their naming scheme. For a while, they didn't have the control casing. It was just the red box, and it was like no-nothing. And then, of course, they had the S-Works, which is super lightweight. And then they had the grid casing, which is the thicker one. I think trail just means grid. And then they have, like, grid trail now. I don't like know what EXO the hell that Plus? is. Like... 
I don't know. I should probably know. I can't keep up with it. I, mm. you know, just like when we made fun of specialized marketing before on their tires, like armadillo, armadillo, you know, elite, whatever the heck, all this stuff they had. Yeah. Control armadillo elite plus grip time, fast track control, ground control casing. Like what the fuck? Anyway, um, it's they've gotten it's a little complicated, and they're trying to throw some extra crap in Kenny, there. Kenny, this is my question. So I honestly don't know the answer. Can to that. you do you still have facial hair when you <laughs> rub the tires on your face? Can you tell like the stickiness of the rubber compound with your like with your whiskers? Well, yeah, that's the point of rubbing. I thought it, on your it was face. to feel the sharpness of the knobs. It's both. It's both. It's kind of seeing how okay. grippy it is. Sorry, it just popped in my head. What's our last, what's our question about bike packing? Uh, sorry, I got stuck. That he was that, looking that, at that the weird, that website. weird website again. There's like a booty. There's definitely an ass on there. I mean, it's like an electric ass trainer. Like it just shocks your ass and makes the muscles contract. I just please keep. I would. That would that that shocked my ass. <laughs> uh, so. Joe says, I love this show. Oh, wait a second. Shit. Where'd that other guy's question go? There might have been more I didn't cover. Shit. Um, oh, crap. Oh, yeah. There's a second part to his question. It's about forks. I knew it. Um, so the second question is, I have a 2018 S-Works Epic. I'm very happy with, however, the front fork is no bueno. Um... I don't like the brain. I'm just like condensing this here. Should I get a Fox Step Cast 32? I've rebuilt the brain and everything, and it still sucks. If I were to replace my brain SID with a Step Cast 32, I would consider getting a 120, so I can slacken the front end a little, and it would ride more like an Evo. So, oh, we'll get a Step Cast 34 if you want to do that. Yes, 100% get a Step Cast 34. I would personally just avoid the Step Cast 32 unless you are the raciest freaking person on the planet that 32 is just a little flexy for Again, my taste that step cast 34 is so freaking cherry and you can run that thing 120 110 100 you can get them with remote dampers they're so yeah, and good. i'd say again uh just like the tire choice in breck epic uh, a, a 32 step cast if you were going to race any of those days as a single cross-country day sure step cast 32 super light you can climb like crazy and then just hold on and do your best on the descents. But, you know, I think that you're, unless you think, I mean, and I don't know, I, I don't, he hasn't said if he's like, you know, gunning for like a win or something. Like if you're not going to be one of the people that's got to shave seconds off of every day and try to pull off a win in a sprint finish or something like I, I would go, you know, they're, they're, that's one of the places where I would take a little bit of a hit on the weight just for the confidence to just be able to just be tired and just wail through some shit. Yeah, definitely. So if you lived in Florida, you would buy and you weren't going to race outside of like Florida cross country and like Florida Xterra. Sure. Stepcast 32, you're only 160 pounds, but Stepcast 32 and over 120 pounds is not a good recipe for Breck Epic. Yeah, like and, I, I wouldn't want to ride a Stepcast 32 in Breck Epic. And if I went, I'd probably be pretty competitive. 
You know, I would... <laughs> spicy. You've been so spicy all day. I mean, I was just saying, like, make your... Four, you know, a, a Stepcast 32 has its place in races like that. But unless you are racing every day like it is a single cross-country race, um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go for it. All right, so... Moving into the last part, thanks for your responses and keep up the great work. I'm always entertained with your podcast, especially the Skinny Dudes Rants. I spent 25 years in the industry as a rep, and I feel your pain and try to support my bike shop as often as possible while spreading the love against amongst a few different shops. And yes, a sixer of Mickey's Big Mouth or the IPA of the month for your favorite mechanic is a good call. So all of you consumers out there, be nice to your mechanic and clean your bike before bringing it in for service. He or she appreciates it, as well as a beverage tip. P.S. Ask Andrea what tastes better, rooster meat or chicken meat. I'll make a donation to your team for this snarky question. What? What tastes better, rooster meat or chicken meat? Chicken meat? Yeah. A like rooster is a chicken. I don't know. Is that a I, cock joke? I, I assume. I Are you ass- trying to make a cock? That's the worst cock joke I've ever heard in my life. Well, he said he worked in the industry for 25 <laughs> years, and he already called himself a middle-aged man in spandex. So <laughs> his joke game might not be the strongest. But he says, Tailwind's always H. Mark Prince, a.k.a. Race Boy, a middle-aged man that still rides his mountain bike in a Speedo. <laughs> so, You should I, definitely wear the Speedo at Breck Epic. That would be a very cold, cold start to the day. Yeah, it warms up, though. All right, so this dude, Joe, wants to know about going Durango to Moab. I love the show. Do any of you have experience riding Durango to Moab? I'm looking into doing it via the San Juan Hut system for my 40th birthday next year. Any advice on fitness level required or training? I live at sea level in Santa Cruz and ride a fair amount, probably 3K of climbing per week. But I know this ride is probably 3K a day and at elevation. Any advice is appreciated. Thanks, Joe. And I think Andrea is going to be more. Um, I've never done that route and I've never really researched it, but I know people that have done it and they are very average fitness level for Colorado. You know, like they can go out and knock out a. I mean, that's it's a challenge for them to. Hey, Taco, stop! Sorry. Um, it, it's a challenging thing for them to do, but it is obtainable, and they seem to enjoy themselves. And I think that, you know, I mean, it sounds like you're in reasonably good shape. I would definitely, to deal with the elevation, I would throw in some. Um, really high intensity interval training, um, stuff from like 30 seconds up to like, you know, six to eight minutes, um, you know, stuff like that. You really want to, uh, really get like zone four, zone five type intervals. Um, that's going to help you a lot with the elevation. That's going to be the best thing you can do to get ready for it. Um, but I think you'll be all right. The other thing that I would say is... Like, Andrew was talking about doing something like, let's call it more structured, but I think another way that you could do that, and I'm not disagreeing with her, but if you're like, I fuck, when like she said zone four, if your eyes glazed over and like smoke came out of your ear, <laughs> um, 
trade one of your fun rides every week for a not fun ride. And what I mean by that is like if you would normally do like shuttle Saturdays and like that's you and your friends like time that you have carved out each week for, to like hang out, keep doing that, whatever, who cares. But like if on Thursday nights you normally do like a quick single track rip at this little trail by your house, you need to start doing like a really shitty hour fire road climb on that fire road that leaves from that trailhead where you normally go mountain biking by your house. Because when we go mountain biking, we often pedal for a few minutes and we coast and navigate a rock garden, go through some corners and then we pedal some more and we coast some more, we pedal some more, we coast some more. If you can start doing bigger climbs where you are literally pedaling for 20, 30, 50, 60 minutes at a time, that makes like such a deposit into your fitness. So then when you're, when you come to sea level or from sea level up to altitude and you get kind of like punched in the throat a little bit and things start taking longer, you have the endurance to do that climb that suddenly is taking a long time because you're just cruising in that Eagle. Like you could call it and you're just like, well, I live here now. Yeah. I mean, I think that's important too. Um, I didn't really even think about that part of it because when I was living at sea level and training for elevation, I was training mostly on the road, so I already did that naturally. Like lots of long pedaling. Yeah, just lots and lots of pedaling and pedaling. and pe- Like try to minimize. If you use any kind of program where you can go in and like look at zero cadence, uh, see if you can cut down on the amount of time that you spend at zero cadence. Um, but yeah, I think that and doing some interval training like a once a week interval training is going to help you a lot also in general too like you're if you start doing that like you'll start getting faster than your friends who don't interval train like outside of being good at a hut trip what would you do can you drink smirnoff push on forks yeah i'm not the person to ask about that route so (laughs) (laughs) it sounds like fun i'd love to do it sometime it looks like a lot of fun uh, all right. Does anybody want to talk about anything else? Didn't we? Oh, no, we didn't have any more questions. I'm going to go ski. I'm going to freeze my ass off. Dude, you need the fitnessdude.com, the, the EMS ash, butt toner and hip trainer. trainer. Uh, all right. Well, if no one wants to talk about anything else, then maybe we should just uh, boogie. That's cool a finger massager uh well that's been the 32nd episode of just riding along on mountain bike radio and until 36 for this year Uh, 30 jesus 32nd i'm still you know what just my brain is mush i'm gonna i have a day off on tuesday i'm really looking forward to it um until then be kind to one another because you should be